Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's so good to be back celebrating Mass with people. Online's not the same. It's weird when I say, the Lord be with you, I don't hear anything said back to me. It's not the way that we were built as human beings. And while there's been a lot of pain of having to be distanced, of not being able to be together, I do also believe that there's been many positives out of this time. That there's been things that have been positive. I'm going to try to get a little bit of participation here. Let's see if we can do it. If you could shout out any positives... Don't take your mask off to shout it out. But what are some things that have been positive over these last, I think we decided it's been 10 weeks. Can you think of positive things that have happened in the home? Life has slowed down. Life has slowed down. We're always in such a hurry to be able to slow down. Anything else? I think we've had to take more responsibility for our faith. Yeah, so individually in our homes to take more responsibility for our faith. Yeah, so we've been, as a church, as a Catholic church, has been kind of slow to get on the internet. It's only been around 30 years. Usually the church, it takes about two centuries before we decide that we, something's worth getting into. So we've kind of been forced into that. And that's been good. Anything else that we can think of? I know one thing that I've heard from people just either chatting online or some people have come in for visits in the office, this matter that it's been the first time in a long time that they've actually sat down and ate meals as a family. I've actually heard of a positive that it was good that we cast aside sports seasons. That we didn't let track season or any of those just dominate our lives. Now I will say right now, I'm kind of missing sports. For the first time in my life, I actually sat down and watched an entire NASCAR race. But there's great things that have happened. Myself, one of the blessings I saw of this is my previous life before seminary, before studying to be a priest, was in information technology. So I was the one who ended up setting everything up for the live stream and all of that. And so to see the providence of God 
right? That those talents that I have could be utilized in a way. Right? That, I saw that as an immediate blessing. Slowly it became a burden, <laughs> right? I went from really enjoying it and, nerd, and nerding out a little bit to a little exhausted. Right? But then to see not just in these parishes, but I was able actually to reach out to people around. Right? I actually had some of the other ministers in town in O'Neill of other Christian denominations calling me, asking me for help. So we had this ecumenism happening. A beautiful thing. Today we celebrate the great feast of Pentecost and there's kind of this holy coincidence that we're able to celebrate together Mass for the first time in a long time on this feast. And the feast of Pentecost is the birthday of the church. It's the day in which the church is born. I want to reflect on today, I think often we look at the parallels between Easter and Pentecost, but I want to turn us back a few months, and there's this great parallel between Christmas and Pentecost, between Christmas and Pentecost. We heard this in our gospel, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Right? As Jesus says this, it, this gospel doesn't happen on Pentecost. Right? We don't have a gospel of Pentecost because Jesus has already ascended to the Father. Right? What we hear on, in today's gospel is from Easter Sunday, that evening of Easter Sunday. When he breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. But there's this fullness of the Holy Spirit that's given on Pentecost. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he's sent by the Father. And we have that great feast of the Nativity. They gather in the upper room together. We can almost put it as a throwaway line. Gather were the apostles, and Mary was with them. But from the earliest time of the church, as they reflect on this, Mary didn't need to have the Holy Spirit descend upon her. That already happened at the Annunciation. Right? The Word was made flesh in her womb. There's no doubt she had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so as St. John Paul II so beautifully said, that it's Mary who presides over Pentecost. That she prays for the apostles. And that really in this moment, we call Mary mother of the church. And just as Mary gave birth to Christ in the manger, 
So in the upper room does Mary give birth to the church. And what do we call the church? The body of Christ. So there's this beautiful parallel that from Mary's intercession, the church is born. That the body of Christ comes forth from Mary. Kind of gives me goosebumps. And there's a great beauty to contemplate in that. That it's today that we were born. That this is really the Christmas of the church. The birth of the church. And what do they do after the Holy Spirit descends upon them? They're sent out. And they don't need any pep talk to go out. They're set on fire. They've received this joy in them. And they proclaim the glory of God. Now, if we were to go out and start proclaiming and going on the street corners, we might get in trouble for right, violating health directives or whatnot. But I think one of the things we mentioned there that we have really thrown ourselves into the area of the internet. One of the blessings that I've seen over these past weeks is that as we look at the names, right, you can see who's watching. We look at the names and go, we haven't seen that person in 20 years. Or we don't even know who that person is. There, There were people who would have never came through the doors of this church who were more than comfortable to click the on-mute button as it came through their feed. It was easy, yes. But that's the life that we live in now. That's where the gospel needs to be proclaimed. That's where the people are. So I see this as a great opportunity for the church to spread in faith. One last reflection on Pentecost. The same reflection John Paul II speaks of the fact that Pentecost was not a feast that ended. There's not the day of Pentecost and then it's done. It's still happening. Pentecost was a feast day that's been, what, about 1,990 years long right now. We're still in that feast of Pentecost.
the Holy Spirit still working to spread the faith, to create anew, to renew the face of the earth.